Can I tell you something funny? I was going to kick today's episode off by reading one of the reviews that you had left, and there have been no new reviews (laughs) since uh, November when I last read one of the reviews. And I decided to share that anyways for any other podcasters who listen or any other creatives. I think it can just be so easy sometimes to think that if only I was bigger, etc. You know, and I just I always find it helpful when people are honest about whatever their behind the scenes are. And I know so many fellow creatives listen. So I would be so grateful if you would tap pause, swipe up, leave a review. We are seven away from 1100. And I just love a good round number to kick off the year. So thank you to Katie Hart, Vanessa Donahue, Ellie Catchell, who left them in November and all the cute usernames that weren't names, but truly showing love to small businesses in the form of reviews on a podcast, on Instagram with your likes, your comments, tapping that save button on Instagram is like 10 times the value of a like as far as the Instagram algorithm. It is a totally free way to make a huge difference in the efforts of any small business or creator that you appreciate. So on behalf of small businesses, thank you in advance for the version of applause at a music concert or standing ovation at the end of a theater performance that is your engagement on podcasts and Instagram to support those businesses that you love and appreciate in 2021. And now onto the gift of today's show. Get ready to be gulp smacked. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Happy holidays, my friend. Whatever it is that you and yours celebrate this time of year, my deepest happy wishes towards that. If you celebrate Christmas, we are just a couple of days away from that if you are listening to this live. And I know from my Elegant Excellence Mastermind students, we were having a chat in our private group and asked where everyone was spending the holidays. And almost everyone was having smaller holidays, not everyone able to gather because of the different restrictions in their states or their countries. Um, you know, going to that you were going to your daughter's house because she was single and you you couldn't you know collectively get everyone together. So you were kind of doing two households and then you were going to zoom together. So just know that I uh, we are right there with you and hold all of you in our hearts. And today t- I want to have a chat that isn't as emotional, heartfelt about the holidays. I just want to get a little practical about the kinds of mindset and marketing that tends to pop up around the holidays. So last week, we talked about how to get motivated. And if you have not yet listened to that episode, please listen to it in tandem with this because it absolutely springboards off what we're talking about today. That last week, we talked about why we can't do the things we say we want to do, why we can't change the things we say we want to change. And I know as a personal stylist and someone who explores what makes women feel beautiful, that changing our bodies is a very common culprit of a repeating thing that we desire year after year for something to be different with. And specifically, the holidays can be a really heavy time around our business, I'm sorry, around our bodies, whether it's because we're eating more you know, sweets and heavy foods with all the holiday joy and tradition and splurging and gathering, whatever that looks like for us this year. 
And then it's followed immediately by all of the weight loss and workout goals of January. So it's like from a marketing perspective, we have all the cookie recipes and everything that's coming our way in December, followed by all of the new you, new new year, new you, lose 10 pounds, tighter in 10 days, whatever things right afterwards in January 1. And I share often that I initially don't, I don't want to give too much credit to marketing things because I can almost feel a little offended. Like, well, I'm smart enough to not be hoodwinked by that. But the more that I study and explore this topic, it just is hard to ignore how much of that is prevalent in culture, how many subconscious, small, little, whisper, tiny examples we hear that we aren't even conscious of that are just a constant chatter in our ear. And this year, it may be extra challenging because there was a lot of commentary around like the pandemic 15, you know, that some people, some people talked about getting their best shape ever once they had more time and they were doing all their online workouts. A lot of other people were baking nonstop. We had all the the shortages on flour and things like that because everybody decided to become a baking expert. Um, Maybe people were stress eating or you were bored at home. You were spending more time in front of the television, being more sedentary, feeling anxious or lonely, um, and you know, in indoors more. All of those things, and and I also know while we talk about this, you know, pandemic fifteen, I guess, um, like the freshman fifteen in college, that phrase has kind of been going around. I also know as a stylist that it's much less about size than we might think. In some ways, or at some times and seasons in our lives, we may be overweight, feel we are overweight and wanting to lose weight. And that's the main narrative that we talk about. But it can also be around feeling weak, you know, that your body isn't strong enough. That's a a lot more of what it is for me. Your body after pregnancy, that can go on for years. Your changes with aging or if you can't get pregnant and how you're feeling about your body. You know, in, in 2020 specifically, I had two very dear friends who went through miscarriages and then were struggling with all of the changes in their body while in the midst of grief, while in the midst of not, you know, having a baby to kind of show for these changes. So there's so many different ways in which this can come up for this. And I also really, I acknowledge that you, if you are not a small size person, you may also look at those who are smaller than you and think that you know they don't struggle with their weight and that therefore you know it, it doesn't feel like everyone is going through the same thing we know logically that comparative suffering doesn't help to say this is harder for you than it is for me it's harder for me than it is for you it invalidates the emotion that that any woman is going through and i truly know from my years, decade now of doing this, that every woman struggles with genuine peace, joy, and love in her body. I mean, every woman, whether we're talking Oprah or Gwyneth Paltrow, again, whether it's aging, whether it's weight, whether it's after a baby, whether it's hormonal changes, and it's not as associated with size and weight as I think our culture makes it. I actually think it can be much more personal than that, like deeper and complex. And we sometimes kind of boil it down to a number. It's a an area of our body, one thing we want to fixate that we want to fix or we feel that we failed ourselves at, a size, a, a amount of physical weight. 
And as I said last week when we talked about motivation, perhaps the reason that we haven't changed our bodies is because we don't have a compelling enough reason to really see the value of doing the work. Meaning that we don't really believe it will make the difference and it will be worth all of the work, or we don't believe that we can. We do desperately believe that it would be worth it. We just don't believe that it's possible. Listen to that episode on motivation because there's so much in that. But today I just want to ponder, I wonder what it would feel like if you decided not to try to change your body in 2021. And I will say with that, in full disclosure, that that, that's not the way I'm approaching 2021. So it may not resonate with you. I started working out in 2020 for genuinely the first time in like 10 years. Still didn't do it perfectly, different times with the pandemic, travel, you know, took months off, but I did move my body more in 2020 than ever. And for me, I I am a small size person. For me personally, it isn't about weight loss. It is more about genuine health and feeling like as I start to get older year after year, am I really truly healthy to live a, you know, long, full life with a body that has a lot of mobility and all of that. So I did really good in seasons of 2020, but I do want to do more in 2021. So I am looking for... I, I I do have goals for my body in 2021, but I wonder if we do want it, as I do, how does it feel different if it doesn't come from a place of punishing ourselves? What if it is about the joy of health instead of the guilt of where we are now or how we failed in 2020 or what we didn't accomplish? And noticing the the subtle yet powerful difference of focusing on what we haven't done as opposed to what we do want to do. The difference of should and need to versus I'm going to do this and here's some steps and shifts that I have in mind. Here's an idea of how I'm going to go about that. I think, again, number one, what if you you didn't make changing your body in 2021 a goal. If this has been your goal every single year, maybe it's listening to last week's story on motiv- uh, podcast on motivation and just doing some journaling and having some conversations with people in your life, praying about it if that's your thing. What if your body doesn't need to change this year or it's not the primary goal or it wouldn't make you happy or there's other underlying mental, confidence, emotional things that are getting in the way. And it's about healing those, not about eating less or working out more. And then if you do, as I do, want uh, something better for your body in this year, what if it's not coming from that place of punishment, of beating ourselves up, of I'm, and even just the energy, I'm going to restrict myself on sugar. I'm not going to allow myself to do this. I'm going to force myself to do this. But if it's the difference of I, what is the joyful part of that? What is the confidence part of that? How can I love my body better? How can I appreciate her more? And I think this year in particular, we should be especially grateful for what our bodies did in 2020. If you are listening to this podcast, it literally survived. 
a pandemic, racism, a contentious election here in the United States, so much anxiety and grief and aggression between human beings and, you know, whatever your own story as well. In addition to all of that, I've had so many friends go through very deep, hard things this year unrelated to all of that. And then you've got all of this on top of it. And even those of us who didn't go through something uh, acutely unique, we've got all of this collectively. So many people literally lost their lives in 2020 and our bodies literally survived. So I'm pondering what if we don't make 2021 the year to redeem our bodies, but to enjoy our lives in those bodies. You know, in 2020, we missed out on a lot of beauty and art and inspiration, whether you couldn't travel or go to the theater or museums or just just be out in public enjoying the buzz, being at a cool restaurant, all of that you know, aesthetics that uh, and experiences we didn't get to have. What if we look to celebrate that in 2021? And I will also say I'm admittedly not sure when those things are really coming back. It's not like they're going to happen on January 1. We may be halfway into the year. Who knows? But what if when it comes to our bodies, you I think a lot of us discovered what we didn't like in 2020 about what we were putting on our bodies. So many women realized that we hated heels. I, I went to a, um, a COVID micro wedding in October, wore heels for I, the first time since February. This was in October. And my feet hurt for like the whole next day. And I was barely even on them. We walked a couple of blocks. There was no dancing. We sat most of the night. And I was like, oh my gosh, my body is so not used to this. My sister, who just had her third baby, had um had put on a pair of short uh like low boots low low booties and she was like my feet are killing me she said these used to be my comfortable shoes I would wear these every day as I was running around and now with between COVID and being pregnant she's like I haven't put on any sort of an elevated shoe in a year and now that she's not pregnant she's thinking she can wear them and be like oh yeah this isn't working so many women talking about tight clothing so many jokes about you know pay pants with a button are like a whole other category now. And I joked about the saying that I, to work wearing jeans from home didn't used to bother me. And then after wearing cozy clothes for so long, it was like, I just, I need more comfortable versions of, of jeans like pants, you know? Or for others, it was, you discovered what you did love about your, your body and your beauty. You miss getting dressed up when you're around other people. You miss the vibe of events and dinners and you actually felt sort of sad that you had these clothes that didn't really make sense to wear around your house or jewelry or makeup. You know, I I know from my work and from my own life that one podcast episode is not going to redeem your view of your body. But if today's conversation shifts you just one degree of one degree, just to notice if changing your body is part of your New Year's resolution every year. You know, listen to last week's episode and maybe it wouldn't change your life to lose those 10 pounds. It's been your, your goal year after year. It's the constant repeating chatter in your head. If only I could lose 10 pounds. If only I could lose 10 pounds. I know someone in my life that for as long as I've known them, that has been their refrain. And yet... I don't really know, would their life actually be that much happier if 
they did. Maybe there's such shame around working out. Maybe you've told yourself you're gonna do it year after year after year and it gains this weight and this heaviness that you're carrying along this failure. And is there some way to, to clean that slate and start fresh mentally this year in the way that we go and to approach our body? Let's just be aware of the goal of changing our body and how we think and feel about it and how many things in life could also bring us joy. How many things even about our body and our beauty could bring us joy? What if this year it was around dressing to bring you more joy and feel more beautiful instead of losing the 10 pounds? What if it was taking better care of your skin as opposed to losing the 10 pounds? You know, I want you to feel beautiful. I think it is so important. It is not about discounting that as a frivolous or silly goal by any means. But notice the energetic difference between wanting to change your body because you're ashamed of it or you want to punish yourself for the way that you acted or behaved in 2020 and and what you didn't do well enough or whether it's about finding that beauty and celebrating it and being grateful for your body and wanting to treat her even better. And this is a lifelong conversation that we will keep exploring together. But today, I just wonder if you can explore if it's possible that you could feel beautiful today, more beautiful tomorrow, more beautiful throughout 2021 without the great change that you may have been telling yourself for years is the key. Could you be beautiful and proud of yourself if your body isn't what you, quote, make happen this year? Muse on this with the women in your life. Start conversations about this. It will truly bless all the women around you. And then pretty please come tell me your thoughts over on Instagram. Leave them below my latest post, whatever it is. I can't get to all my DMs in busy seasons, but I do read every single comment and the things that you share there will absolutely bless, encourage, and inspire other women. And that is the way we all heal to have more confidence in our beauty and our year ahead. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is I realized how much politics and news I have been consuming in the last season in the ramp up to the election at the top of November and then especially that election week here in the U.S. where it was just complete and utter chaos, and we were all just holding our breaths, waiting to see what happened if we were interested in it. It's like everything else went out the window, and that was all that I was consuming. And then also with being out of New York as we headed to the West Coast just after the election, and I'm spending more time with family and based on what my work schedule was, my daily routine has just been off. There was a time when I had a really solid morning routine during the pandemic, and I I really had kind of a quiet time, and I slowly eased into the day. And so I've just been challenging myself in whatever pockets of time I do have to not turn to listening to or reading the news and politics as much. So I'm just noticing what do I read when I wake up in bed in the morning? What do I listen to in the morning as I'm kind of making my coffee and getting started? What do I listen to in the evening? What do I turn to when I have a few minutes break in the middle of the day? And so for me, it's been more about um, 
like my Bible app and some sermon podcasts, really whatever it is for you, as we discussed in that Instagram detox episode a few weeks ago, it's just noticing where are we giving our time? What what are we learning about? Because there's so much in the world we could be learning about and we have a limited amount of resources. So what do we want to learn about? And how does it make us feel whatever we're consuming? How is it moving us forward and edifying us or just bringing us peace or bringing us joy and distraction? What do we wish we had more time for? Um, And what if we started doing more without realizing it that is kind of taking, you know, I'm wishing for me, for my personal faith, I'm wishing I was listening to more sermons and okay, so what am I doing with that time? Where has that pendulum, you know, started to shift bit by bit? And remembering that it doesn't have to be the holidays or January 1. We don't have to wait for some big milestone. We just choose this week to start noticing and to start resetting it a little bit. It doesn't have to be a whole plan. You just start the conversation with yourself and find those little shifts that arise. And remembering Joy is always welcome. If you find anything that is light and fluffy and makes you laugh or smile, it doesn't have to be personal development, deep life changing all the time. I shared last spring that I listened to the Rob Lowe autobiography audiobook when we were pandemicking in Phoenix, and it was just the best companion in a hard, crazy season in the world to have something light and escapist to go to. So I might need to find something similar soon. If you have any suggestions um, for audiobooks in particular to listen to that were light and happy, especially I love uh, nonfiction audiobooks. I like to read novels, but I love audiobooks that are you know, like like I never read Tina Fey. I don't think I've read Mindy Kaling. If there's anything like that that you have to recommend, please come leave a comment below my latest Instagram post. Um, Also, if you have any true crime podcasts, because that's, I just started another one last night. I'll I'll let you know if I like it, but that I just thought, even if it's not switching from the news to a sermon, if it's just saying, I'm going to listen to something light and fluffy because I just, I just want to kind of break this addiction a little bit. In order to, um, in order to just notice and to just kind of reset and to not not have it be a big thing, just start small. Ah, here's one new podcast I'm listening to. Ah, here's a new audiobook, and keep it light and beautiful. As I hope our year is to come. Goodness, we did not know what 2020 was going to bring, and I now am so much more releasing of control heading into 2021. If you saw my post on Instagram, I just celebrated my birthday uh, last week. And if you can go over and take a look at my kind of reflections of this last year and all that I feel like I've grown. And Jeremy had said to me, he was like, you've you've become so much more flexible this year. Not that you were rigid before, but he's like, now you're like recording podcast episodes from bathrooms and dealing with canceled travel and living in random homes that we don't like. And he's like, there's just been so much to roll with. And I am someone who likes to plan and and coordinate and organize and all of that. So we will see, my dear, what the near year brings. May we be more flexible with our lives and maybe be more flexible with our bodies and the goals that we accomplish while holding on to a beautiful vision of what it looks and feels like to be a more confident woman this year and beyond. Till next Wednesday. 